into the Word. I, again, you got to switch on your hearts, baby. <laughs> it's the first week fully, like, first week back at school. We are going to be switched on this week, are we, Nations Youth? So, without further ado, would you stand to your feet? Would you welcome our youth pastor, Matt Hennigan? Amazing. Stay standing. Stay standing. That was awesome. But there's someone else I want us to celebrate and honour in this room right now. You might be new or visiting. You might not know what type of environment you walked into. But there's another person here tonight who's the reason we've actually come together. See, you might have never come to Nations Youth Ministry. Maybe you've come before. But the reason we are here isn't just for fun or games or singing. But there's a person here whose name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ so changed my life. In fact, the reason I'm standing before you in this room today isn't because of how I've managed myself or what I've done, but it's because of what He has done in my life that I'm here. And maybe you know, maybe you don't, but I love Nations Youth Ministry. Let's start this night off by giving honour where honour is due. Would you give a mighty shout and clap of praise to Jesus? Praise you, Lord. Come on, would you praise Him? Would you praise Him? Come on. Praise Him from within your soul. Praise Him from the depth of your heart. We honor You, Lord. We honor You, God. You are worthy. You are worthy. Come on, just a little bit longer. A little bit longer. We praise You, God. We honor You, Lord. We honor You, Lord. We honor You, Jesus. We honor You, God. Every single hand just lift high in this place. Close your eyes all across this room. Say this prayer after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you're here. Have your way in me as you desire. I love you. Tonight, God, I ask, let it not be another service, but change my life. I want to know you. I want to see you. I want to encounter you. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Let's give God a mighty clap of praise again. We love you, Jesus. You can take your seat, grab your seat, turn to the person next to you, say, you look good. Even if you just got to prophesy it into being, you know, do that too. Turn to the other person, say, you smell good. Turn to the person on the road behind you and say, hey, you look good. Turn to the person in front of you, yell in the ear, Hey! You're freaking awesome. <laughs> and if you're not allowed to say freaking in your home, please don't say it because it's, it's a bad word. It's a bad word. You know, there's like, you know how there's swear words and there's some words where you're like, eh, I don't know, you know. Anyway, that's another story for another day. If I've never met you before, my name is Matt. I'm the youth pastor here. And uh, it's my privilege to be, I mean, if you've never been here, in fact, if you've never been here before, give me a big wave. This is your first time at Nations Youth Ministry. Wow. Nations Youth, make some noise. Come on. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Nations Youth, we can do better than that, amen. We clapped when you first came. Nations Youth, make some noise for all the new people tonight. 
Has anyone met a new person tonight? Yeah, awesome. Who, who's this? Joel. He's awesome. Joel, what's a fun fact about you? Nothing. Yes, Joel. Amazing. How old are you, bro? 12. Are you single? He's single too. And he'll stay that way for the rest of his teenage life, okay? No, I'm Joel, so good to have you here. Um, if, you, if it is your first time, welcome to the family, Nations Youth. We're crazy, we're wild, but we're a family. We love you. We're so glad that you're here. And I'm excited because I believe that tonight can be a night that changes your life forever. Seriously, I, um, I didn't grow up going to church. In fact, I, I only got involved in church because someone came to my high school and I came to a youth program just like this called Nations Youth Ministry. Chasing back, I'm 24 now. This is when I was 11, so that's 13 years <laughs> My mum's a math teacher, praise God. And um, 13 years ago, I found myself in a room just like this. And at the end of that night, I, I decided to give my life to this man called Jesus. I didn't, I didn't know that much, but I said, Jesus, I just give you everything. And that night there has radically changed the rest of my life. And I'm standing before you here as a testament, not to my ability to, to work hard or make anything happen, but of the goodness of who Jesus is. And maybe you're here and Jesus is a religious figure. Maybe Jesus, you use him as a swear word, or maybe Jesus, they talk about him in your school. I want to encourage you tonight, Jesus can be real to you. Jesus heals sick people. Jesus makes us alive again. Jesus takes the worst of us and turns it into the best of him. Jesus is incredible. And I believe tonight can be an encounter for you, not to experience youth or, or, or a program, but to experience who Jesus is. Because you can come in and out of a program and leave exactly the same. But if you come into contact with Jesus, you'll be changed forever. Can anyone say amen? amen. Hey, um, I'm really excited tonight. I felt like uh, the Lord's given me something to share. And so um, it's a new term here. It's a new year. New year, new you, new me, starting at Nations Youth Ministry. And we like to start at Nations Youth. We actually have themes. Everyone say theme. We, we have themes for the term, and tonight we're actually going to start a new theme of what we feel like God is speaking to us about as a youth ministry. And I want to encourage you, if you call Nations Youth Ministry your home, you have, to, you have to trust that whoever has the microphone, whoever God is speaking through, they're not just speaking to Nations Youth Ministry, they're speaking to your life. If you are a part of Nations Youth Ministry and they're saying on the stage, hey, I believe that God wants to use Nations Youth to, to reach their schools, to see their friends know Jesus, they're not just speaking to Nations Youth Ministry, they're speaking to you. They're saying God wants to take your life and use you to reach your high school for your friends to know the Jesus that you know. And tonight we're going to start uh, a new teaching and a new topic, and I'm really excited about it. But before we start, we're going to read a scripture together that's found in the book of Matthew, chapter number 16. We're going to read from verses 13 through to 20. Why don't we stand to our feet to read the Word of God tonight? Let's go. And it's on the screen. It says, now when Jesus, everyone say now. now. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Everyone say you. Turn to the person next to you say, you. Turn to the other person and say, you. Soldier boy, I told you. But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, one of the most profound statements in all of Scripture, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, or Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you, everyone say you. Turn to the person next to you, say you. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Give God a clap of praise for the scripture. Amazing. You guys can grab your seat. You grab your seat. Hey, I've got a question just to start off tonight. Have you ever, have you ever gone to a party uh, or rocked up at an event that you weren't technically invited to? Have you ever done that before? Give me a big wave. If you've ever gone to something that... You didn't really get the invitation for, but for whatever reason you thought it was a good idea and you just cruised in. Anyone here ever gone to a party they were uninvited? Anyone deliberately goes to parties they're not invited to? I see you, Shannon Pomery. I see you, Celine. You're just there for the free food. And so I'll never forget this one time. I'm not proud of this story. Um, I don't want to encourage it in your life. Um, in fact, I, I would love to stand before you today and say that I did not know the Lord Jesus at this time, but that is not the truth. I knew him very well, uh, but that did not change my behavior this night. And so there was this one time that I was about 14, 15 years old, and I was hanging with my friend Devi. Everyone say Devi. Me and Devi were chilling out. We're at Garden City. Anyone know oh, what's it called now? What, what is it? Westfield Burragoon. Back in the day, we used to call it Garbo's. Now we've got to go Westies. Yeah, Westies is besties. All right. Anyway, and so we were at Westfield Burragoon, and uh, we, were, we were cruising along, and there was this, there, on the back of, at the time, Garden City, there was this civic center, and we actually used to host youth ministry there, and there was a function, and there was a gathering going on, and we're walking past, and we can just hear the music in the background. We're like, oh, what is that? And so, so we, we get curious, as you do, and we walk in, and uh, we're not into the venue, but we walk near the vicinity, and we're standing there, and the music is a little bit loud, and it's like, but it's got a slight change to the music, and there is this crazy Indian party going on inside of the Civic Center. And it wasn't just full of Indian people, it was full of Indian food as well. And something I didn't tell you about my friend Devi is he was Indian too. And so I looked at Devi, he looked back at me, I looked at him again, he looked back at me, we both thought the same thing, and we were like, let's do it. And so we pretended we were invited to this party. And so me, one of the only white people in this whole room, and Devi cruised in, and we, like, we, we had to like try and get our story straight, so we're outside the front, just kind of like, okay, okay, so Auntie, what, what's an auntie's name? Uh, we came up with some aunt, Auntie Cynthia. Anyone got an Auntie Cynthia out there? They exist, praise God. Okay, so we, we had Auntie Cynthia, and we're like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're Auntie Cynthia's second cousin, and I'm, I'm his friend. I'm just staying at his house tonight. He's invited to the party, and so we're like, yeah, we're going to cruise in. And so there we go, and it's like, I don't, has anyone seen Gladiator before? Has anyone not seen Gladiator? Give me a wave if you haven't seen Gladiator. Give me a wave if you have seen Gladiator. This reference will make sense to you. And so in the movie Gladiator, they open up the cage and they run into the gladiator's arena where they've got to kill everyone. And it's very dangerous and it's scary. That's how I felt going into this room. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm nervous, I'm sweating. And so we choose to go in. And I'm walking through and Devi, man, he's so confident. And he's like, he, are there any Indians here tonight? And it's like, I love you guys. Hey, Ryan! 
I, I, we're friends. This is great. So Ryan was at the party, and um, <laughs> and so he starts chatting, and, and Debbie just knows what to do. He's cruising through. He's like, hey, Ryan, what's up? And I'm just kind of chilling out. And as I'm going through, I'm like giving these uncles and aunties hugs that I have no idea who they are. They're like giving me big kisses. like, oh, who are you again? And I'm like, I'm Auntie Cynthia's friend's friend. And they're like, it's so good to have you. And I'm like, okay, that's so great. Here, come get me. Let me give you some food. And so we jump in the line and we're like, I am freaking out nervous because I'm like, no one knows me here. I can get kicked out at any time. We're standing there. And then there's like other young guys that are like our age in the line with us. And we, they know, they're like, what are you doing? Who are you? Who invited you? And I'm like, Auntie, Auntie, Sin, <laughs> Auntie Cynthia. And, and we're nervous and we get through, we get to the front of the line and we, we, we have food and we're like, all right, let's cruise. We go outside, we smash our food and it's awesome. And we're like, man, what a rush. And then we went back inside to get seconds and uh, we, we got our second plate and it was full, it was delicious. And uh, I saw the hand in the back for seconds. Who loves second portions? Praise God. Let's give God a clap of praise for seconds. It's delicious. It's a good time. We cruise back in, we got seconds, we cruise out, and I left that night feeling like I was James Bond 007. I was like, I just convinced all these people I was someone that I wasn't. No one questioned me. I didn't get caught. We had our food. We sat down. We laughed. We made jokes with Uncle Tim. He was a great guy. We, we, we got photos with the family. We like blended right in. We had a great dinner. And we're like, ah, sweet. We got our food. And we cruised off into the night, Batman and Robin, <sighs> out of there, never to be seen again. And I remember leaving that night feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just stole food from an Indian party. I can't believe they didn't notice me. I was the only white guy in there. And thirdly, I can't believe how great the Indian food tasted. It was delicious. And I left that night and I realized what it's like to be somewhere and, and, and to go for no other agenda that you know anyone or you want to connect with anyone, but just simply to get what you need take your food, get your second portion, and then without kind of adding to it, without setting up, without packing down, without being part of it, just kind of cruising out. And I feel in my life, I don't know if you've been there before, but I feel like in our lives, that's often sometimes how we come to youth ministry. That we come into an environment and it's kind of like, oh, I'm just here because I need something. I'm just here because I've got a, a hungry tummy or there's something internally. And, and we cruise in. We try to talk to as least few people as possible. Try not to make eye contact. We get what we need. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I'm just here because I, I just need a, a touch from God tonight. Or I'm just here because I feel down this week. I just need something from God. And rather than coming and adding and being a part of the community, we come and take what we need and then leave without a second thought. And we don't come back until it's time again that it's a Saturday night or a Friday night. And it's like, man, I need another meal. What should we do? And then you get that buddy, you come again. And it's like we, we go on these cycles and these patterns of coming to get what we need, getting what we need, and then leaving and not returning. Have you ever been there before? I've been there before at church, coming to church just to get my, my fill, my fix, my top up. But what I love about this scripture in this story is what Jesus says to Peter. He says this, and can we put up that scripture? Matthew 16, verse 16 to 18. Jesus said this. The next slide, sorry. Thank you. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This this doesn't really make sense 
until you kind of understand what the name Peter means. Because he says, on this rock, I will build my church. What does it mean? Jesus is building his church. That Jesus is wanting to expand his church. Jesus wants more lost people to be found. Jesus wants more people in your high school, in your family, in your friendship circle to encounter and know him as Jesus Christ, their Lord and their Savior. Jesus wants to build and establish and grow his church. But he says, you are now not no longer Simon, but you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. You know the word Peter, if we put up the definition on that, it literally means a stone or a boulder. The usage of this name Peter is rock. What he's saying is, Simon, you are now called Peter. In other words, Simon, you are now someone that is stable. You are now someone that's solid. You are someone that's grounded. You are someone that's consistent. And upon this rock, upon your life, I am going to build my church. What's funny is I, I, I actually thought the name Simon meant weak read, but I had to look up what the name Simon uh, actually means. Can we put up the definition on the screen? I read this today. Simon is a common name from Hebrew, uh, Simeon, meaning listen or hearing. It is also a classical Greek name derived from an adjective meaning flat-nosed. <laughs> Are there any Simons here tonight? No, you're not a Simon. Any Simons? Praise God. Okay, so we talk about how flat-nosed Simons are. I mean, th this is ridiculous. This tells, me, this tells me two facts about the person that came up with the name Simon. Two facts. Number one, they didn't like their kid very much. Number two, their kid had an incredibly flat nose. That is the reason Simon exists today. I mean, if you've ever got doubts in your life, you've ever got questions, oh, does my mom and dad truly love me? Ask yourself, did they name you Simon? <laughs> if the answer to that question is no... They probably like you more than you realize. And so Peter, I mean, I feel sorry for Peter, man. Because like, if you think about it, Peter didn't really get a better name. Like, If Peter was around in our time and uh, his name went from Simon to Peter and Peter meant what it meant, you, I feel like in our society, in our, in our context, it wouldn't go too well, you know? Can we put up the definition of the name Peter? What is it? It, it, it means a stone, a boulder, or, 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 or a rock. I mean, you can just imagine, hey, a stone, stone, stoner, st stony pony, come over here, buddo. And Peter's like, okay, here, oh, you know, like if it's a rock, I pr he probably got pebbles. Hey, pebbles, how are ya? And it's like, is, is there any Peters here tonight? You're not a Peter. <laughs> you keep lying to me. Or rock, I mean, yeah, Peter just didn't go through a good time with name changes. But we see in this moment, Regardless of what Simon meant, in that moment, Jesus looked at him and said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And on this rock, everyone say rock. rock. Say it with me, say rock. rock. On this rock, I will build my church. See, Jesus is wanting to build his church. And I'm not talking about making nations youth bigger. I'm talking about Jesus is wanting to build His church. Jesus looks at your high school. He looks at your friends. He looks at your family and He says, there are people in that community that I want to know. There are people in that world that I want to have come into the reality of my love for them. And He says, I will build my church. But what is He building it upon? He's building it upon people like Peter. 
people that are solid, people that are consistent, people that are reliable. And so the theme of this term and what we want to speak to you as Nations Youth Ministry about is this topic and idea of builders. Because I believe that God wants to build His church, but He's not looking to the youth pastor. He's not looking to the youth leader or to the volunteer. He's looking to anyone that would say, you know what, Jesus, take my life and build with me. Take my world, take my house, take all that I have and use me to build your church in my life. That Jesus doesn't need more leaders or preachers or teachers. He needs more people that He can build through. And maybe you're like, but Matt, that's not for me. I'm not, I'm not an evangelist type of guy. What does that mean? Someone that tells people about God. I'm not very bold. I'm not very uh, strong in my faith. I want to encourage you. Neither was Peter. In fact, Peter, the one whom Jesus says, I'll build my church upon, denied Jesus Christ three times. If you feel like you stuffed up in your faith, young person, I want to encourage you. Peter stuffed up in his faith. He denied that he even knew Jesus. In fact, if we read this, uh, this passage of Scripture a little bit further, it goes on to tell us that Peter gets a, a bit boastful with his thinking, and Jesus rebukes him and says, Get behind me, Satan. That Je Has anyone ever had Jesus speak to you before? Has he ever called you Satan? That's a bad day for you. I mean, you want to get that checked out with you. Could you imagine the first time ever audibly hearing the voice of God, and he's like, Hey, Satan. You're like, Oh, my gosh. I thought I was doing so well. <laughs> Jesus calls Peter Satan. I mean, Peter had stuff going on. He, he wasn't the strongest guy. He wasn't the best guy. But Jesus looked at him and said, Hey, Peter, you're the perfect candidate for me to build my church upon. You might think you're inconsistent. You might think you're not strong. You might not think you're bold. You might not think you, you've got it all or you've got the wisdom or the knowledge. But I tell you, if you just stay with me, you are Peter, which means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. If you stay with me, I will take your life. I will use your life. And I will build my church through you. And my question I want to ask each and every single one of you in this place tonight is simply this. Are you someone that Jesus can build upon? Are you someone that Jesus can build upon? Because I want to encourage you, God has done some incredible things in our youth ministry at summer camp. He's done some incredible things over the holidays. Tonight in worship, it was amazing. Last week was phenomenal. We've had healings. God is moving, and God is birthing something powerful in this place. Can I just encourage you? I believe God is bringing revival to our youth ministry. What is that? What does revival mean? Revival just means many people coming to the revelation of Jesus Christ. That God is bringing in many people into our youth ministry that are going to come into an encounter with who Jesus is. But Jesus, to build this, to build this revival, to build what God is doing, He's not looking at just the youth pastor or the youth leader. He's looking at your life. And He's saying, are you someone that I can build upon? Are you someone that I can build with? See, when someone comes into youth ministry, I believe it's not necessarily the youth leader that's going to meet them out there when we're having hang time or someone that's lost coming in. It's you. Jesus wants to use you to connect those that are far from God and bring them home to Christ. When we see healings happen in our Friday night services where God heals someone's knee or heals someone hearing or, or, or shoulder or whatever it is, I don't just believe that's going to be the leaders on stage. Jesus wants to use you. Jesus wants you to lay your hand on the sick and in front of your very eyes see them healed and recovered. Jesus wants to use you to bring faith to the night, to see God do what only He can do. Jesus is building His church with or without us. The option is, are you someone He can build upon? Or are you someone that attends? 
Are you someone that adds, that comes prepared, that gives? Or are you like me and my friend Debbie, cruising into a party that we were never invited to, taking something that didn't belong to us and leaving without even saying goodbye? I want to challenge you, Nations Youth. God is bringing revival to our youth ministry and to our land, but He is looking at you saying, are you someone that I can build through? Not the person next to you. You might say, but I'm only in year seven. I'm only in year eight or whatever you feel like your I'm only is. Jesus is looking for rocks to build upon, not just people to attend. And I don't know about you, but I grew up in youth ministry and it was fun. It was awesome. It was really, it was, it was the best time. But something that so radically impacted and changed my life is when my perspective on youth or on church changed, that I wasn't coming just to get my fix. I was coming to be used by God so that He can build His church through me. That all of a sudden I would see lost people, people that didn't yet know the love of God. And rather than just hoping that one of the leaders or someone connected with that person, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to hang around this guy and see how he's going. I might not have a title, I might not be a leader, but I just care about this individual because Jesus cares about them. Or I see someone that, you know, needs prayer or, or, or they, they've got something wrong in their body. They, they don't need a leader or a pastor to pray for them. You can be that person to pray for their life too. Jesus, I, I can't stress it enough. Jesus wants to build upon your life. Jesus wants to use you to build what He is doing in this house and in our state. The question isn't, will Jesus do it? The question is simply this, are you willing to become a builder? Are you willing to be someone that Jesus builds upon? And maybe you're here and you're, you're, you're new to Nations Youth or may, maybe you've been coming for a while and you, you come every few weeks or every now and then and check it out and you're not like fully invested, like this is something I really want to be in. Dude, that's totally cool. We love you. Come, hang out. We, be a part of the family. We love you to be here. But the question isn't, do you want to feel good or, or enjoy it? It's do you want Jesus to use your life for something more? Because if you want Jesus to build upon your life, if the keys could start playing, that would be awesome. If Jesus wants, if you want G Jesus to build through your life, you have the option. The, the ball is in your court. Do you want to be a Simon? Or do you want to be a Jesus? Sorry, a Peter. That was slightly heretical. Sorry about that. But do you want to be someone that Jesus builds through? Or do you want to have heaps of fun? I don't know about you, but eternity is so real. The reality of the afterlife, it's true, man. Everyone dies. Everyone goes somewhere. But where we go, we have a choice and a decision to make here and now to affect that, not only for our lives, but for the lives of other people. Would you stand to your feet with me and close your books just in this place? I want to speak to a group of people here that maybe this whole Jesus thing is quite new for you. we could put up the scripture again. Maybe you're here and you're hearing about being a builder or what does it mean to be a builder? I want to encourage you. Being a builder starts with you knowing who Jesus is for you. Jesus said, if we put up the scripture in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus came to the district. He asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? 
I believe tonight it doesn't actually matter what the people around you say. It doesn't matter what your school says. The question isn't what do your parents believe or have taught you. The question is who do you believe Jesus is? Because if it just stays as someone else's belief but isn't yours, it will never change your life. But in this moment, the disciples replied and said, some say John the, the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? If we go back to the other slide, sorry. Oh, that's fine, yeah. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. If you're new or visiting, maybe, you, maybe you've come to youth for a while, maybe you don't really know who this God person is. I have just one simple question for you tonight, and it's simply this. Who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? If you'd be so kind just to close your eyes and bow your heads in this atmosphere. Maybe the world around you says he's a religious figure. Maybe the world around you says that you know, he, he, he's this person who, who died for our sins or he's done this. But the question tonight isn't what does the world around you say? My question to you tonight is who do you say Jesus is? Jesus loves you so much. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came down to earth. It records that he came down 2,000 years ago and he lived a blameless, perfect life. And he died on a cross willingly. They beat him. They bound him, they, they marred him, they, they whipped him, stripped him bare. They nailed him hands and feet to a cross, put a crown of thorns around his head. They mocked him, they spat on him. They said, if you really are the son of God, get off there and save yourself. Little did they know that it was their sins that he was dying for. And Jesus willingly, at any moment, he, he could have called upon thousands and thousands of angels to come down and to rescue him, but he willingly chose to stay there on that cross. Why? Because He said you were worth it. He looked through time. He saw you in this room and it was your sin and my sin that He paid the price for on that tree. He looked through time and He said, I love them so much. I don't want them to go to hell. I don't want them to experience separation from God. I don't want them to experience what it's like to live without God. I will pay the price. I will be the sacrifice so that they don't have to live a life that doesn't know you, God. And maybe you're like, oh, but my, my life's all good. I can guarantee you, you've experienced the pain of sin. I can guarantee you don't have to look very far. We, we have diseases, viruses going rapid in our culture. We have poverty. We have sickness. We have murderers, rapists. We have violence. All of this hate, this anger, what it is at its very root is sin. And maybe you've experienced the cost of sin in your life. Maybe you've experienced someone sinning against you and what it feels like to be bullied. Maybe you've experienced what it feels like to be shamed, to be cut out from a group. That is the experience of what sin feels like to you. Maybe you've even experienced what it feels like to do sin, to stuff up, to steal that, to swear that, to, to, to say that thing to that person that you know is good to, to whatever it is. And you feel shame, you feel guilt, you feel like, man, I'm empty, I'm, I'm hurting inside. I want to encourage you tonight. The reason Jesus Christ died on that cross 2,000 years ago is to save you from the cost and the penalty of your sin. That you can accept Him into your life and He can no longer see your wrongdoing, but forgive you of your sin, remove it, and not just in a way where 
you're forgiven, but actually remove the feeling and the experience of it as well. I want to encourage you to close your eyes and bow your head all across this room.